time for two blokes talking tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. For the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 261. Here I am live at the Walker Road Hotel. Stephen um, Stephen Fennick joins me from techguide.com.au. My name Trevor Long. You can find us both on Twitter, at Stephen Fennick with a PH. My name Trevor Long uh, on Twitter. And um, we are here, Stephen. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. Uh, welcome, firstly, to the podcast. Thank you. Uh, good to be on the podcast once again. <laughs> For the 261st time. Uh, 261. But also even more, even uh, great, nice to be here at your mum's pub. It is. So we are at the Walker Road Hotel. The snap, crackle and pop you'll hear in the background is the fire. Welcome fire. <laughs> no, it's got nothing. Um, because it's bloody cold, but fortunately there's an open fire. We um, So, and this is going to be a non-sting podcast intro only because I've got to edit it in three degree temperature. So clearly I'm not going to put stings oh, in. Your eyes pretty <laughs> Jeez. So we're, this is the weirdest thing I think ever, to be honest, because I'm still struggling to put three and three together. But um, we met with Sony about their new Xperia X phones, and they said we wanted to give you an experience in the Xperia with for the Xperia phones so that you can test the phones, take some photos and things. They wanted us to drive Ferraris around Eastern Creek. I'm like, eh. It's not really my thing. Yeah, this, this is coming from the bloke who's driven a Ferrari and a Lamborghini in the past week. It's, it's old, old hat to you, yeah, isn't it, mate? It kind of doesn't really tick a box. They said, what about, a, what about an adventure or something? I said, well, why don't we just go for a road trip, you know, thinking they'd give us a Ferrari just quietly. Yeah, that's what we were pushing for. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so the idea was that we take a road trip. We've, uh, we would drive up here to my mum's pub. We would, you know, use the phones, take some photos. We'll, we'll have full reviews, obviously, in, in the weeks ahead um, because we don't have, we've only had the phones for a little while. Um, and, you know, my, my experience today using the phone. So I, I opted, and we should say the Xperia phones, this, this is kind of an interesting change for Sony. Instead of having this flagship phone up the top and then having a bunch of other, you know, lower cost phones, different names, different models, they've just gone Xperia X and there's three types of Xperia X. And at first sight, I fell in love with the Xperia XA, which is, yeah. which is the smaller model, but it's also the thinner um, but it's the lower spec, without without question. Isn't it's that the world's thinnest five-inch screen phone. Is that right? I mean, because it's, it's, it's it, it fits in your hand really nicely. It does because it's edged edge, it's edge like it's edge literally edge to edge screen. It feels really nice, and that's what what appeals to me about it. Because at the time when we first saw it, I was using the Huawei P9, which I'd become quite accustomed to the yeah. the kind of size and the feel of. This is slightly smaller in the in the hand, but the screen is still quite large. Um, you, you do like small objects in your hand, don't you, Trevor? Is that right? Smaller phones, I'm talking about. I prefer a smaller phone. That is correct. I, 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 I see you prefer bigger things in your back pocket, um, which is where he keeps his, his uh, six plus smartphone. Um, now and the Sony Xperia X performance. So you have the XA, which is five inch edge to edge. I've got the and that's uh, pricing on that one is. Four ninety nine. Now that to me, that like, is a good deal. And remember, we were sitting there with John Featherston and others from Sony Mobile saying, "I don't want to break it to you guys, but you've got to come out well on price." And again, we were banging on about this for a couple of months now about about Android phones and pricing. And I think 
not that they're hearing us, but I think the market is speaking properly with Absolutely. the P9 pricing we discussed last week. Four ninety nine. So, and look, before we talk about your your big end of town. This phone um, feels great in the hand, the screen, I'll talk about in a minute, but generally performance-wise it's great. The camera, snappy as heck, um, that was one of my big gripes with last year's flagship phone, the camera was a bit laggy. So in terms of everyday use, I've had a great day with this, except for two things. Um, the screen feels washed out. I don't know why. It just yeah. looks washed out. Compared to yours, it, it looks ridiculously washed out. Yeah. But even just looking at it, I just feel like the colours are a bit dull. And secondly... It's probably it's only one day, so I don't want to I don't want to completely resolve it. But geez, the battery was appalling today. Um, I didn't have it plugged in. Streaming a lot, were you? What were you doing with it? So I had it stream. I was streaming via Bluetooth, so it was connected to Bluetooth all the time, um, and that's pretty much all it was doing, apart from five hours straight. Yeah, but I just, mate, I don't think I've ever experienced it. You know, it dropped down to thirty percent. Then we were sitting at a car park, you know, while you're doing your two GB spot, and it lost another ten or fifteen percent. It just feels like I was doing something wrong. So it was charged to one hundred percent before you left. Yeah, and by the time we got your car going, it's um. Which is another, another whole story. Um, it, it it had dropped to maybe eighty five, something like that. But yeah. bottom line, I just felt like there was a there was a massive depletion in battery, which yeah. which worried me. So I'm going to keep an eye on that. But my point being that if you are looking for a phone that's affordable, now the four ninety nine outright is is affordable for sure. Um, so that's, that's the XA is the four ninety nine. That's so right. So we should also explain that there's the Sony Xperia X. Which is kind of the middle phone. Yep. Which then is seven nine nine. Then there's the Xperia X Performance, which is what I've got, mm. which is top of the line, better screen, waterproof, better camera, same camera as the X. The XA doesn't have as good a camera yes. as the X and the X yeah. Performance. So the XA, my, the, my base model one, you, you're not getting as good a camera, you're not getting as good a screen, you're not getting the waterproofing broadly, and some other things inside, but still it works well. But here's the thing, right? At Vodafone, forty dollar plan plus three dollars. For the for the XA, and I think that's the kicker, right? You go in and say, I just want to spend forty bucks a month. You're getting, you know, a bonus five hundred mega data or something, but forty bucks a month, and you're getting a Sony smartphone. And we said this to them: you have a reputable brand, you have a recognizable brand, and they make good looking phones. I think people at $40 will go, oh, my God, I can get a Sony phone. Yeah. And, you know, all, all good luck to Huawei and Oppo and Alcatel and others because up against all of them, what's someone going to choose? Yeah. They're going to choose a Sony, mate. Yeah, absolutely right. I think um, the, the pricing is, as you said, very competitive. Uh, 499 is a great entry point. 799, I think, even for the X. And all up to 999 now, I think. And now I've been using the X, the X Performance and... I've been just using, I haven't been streaming. I've, been, I've had it connected to Bluetooth to the car. I did stream a little bit of music, um, made, made a lot of phone calls, received all my emails, and I'm down from this morning at 100, I'm down to 60%. Yeah. So that's got, pretty good I've still got 60% battery left and I, and I was using it I, I was called a few people in the car was checking my email and all of that and still still chugging along nicely mm-hmm. so that's 999 I, I do notice though for the pricing on the retail side uh, that uh, JB have taken the 499 phone mm-hmm. which is they're, they're and, and really, not the others. Yeah, yeah they've, they've really kind of accepted all the mid-range phones. So we've, they've had Oppo, Huawei, now now the, the, the Sony Xperia XA as well. I think, obviously, their customers, they want to sell them a phone rather than sell them yeah. a phone on a plan, although they can still do that anyway. No, you can. You can, get, yeah. you can get plans in there. But I think if you profile a JB Hi-Fi customer, I mean, they're not exactly... I mean, there might be some affluent people shopping there, but let's be honest. If you're, going, if you're comparing a JB Hi-Fi to a, a Harvey Norman customer... Yeah. 
well, you're going to get a cheaper phone. And and Harvey Norman's taken the yeah. not the performance; they've just got the the X. So seven nine nine and four nine nine. Well, they've also Harvey Norman have got the XA in graphite black as well. Yeah, they've got the X and the XA. So they've yeah, got the seven nine nine and the four nine nine. But so who? So the X performance is only from Sony kiosks, the Sony Center, and on a plan. Oh, yeah, on Telstra. Yeah, and, and these phones aren't available till July, by the way, so yeah. I think 7th of July. Oh, well, no, Vodafone's are now. The XA is already... Oh, the X is already out, isn't it? XA comes out on the 7th. Anyway, so we've only been using it for a day. I mean, we don't want to overstate the you know the quality of the phone or anything just yet, mm-hmm. but at a glance, I think the XA looks a very good value phone with a few um, you know areas where it's certainly not as good as the others for obvious reasons, and the X performance looks a stunning bit of kit, yeah, especially screen. given the waterproofing and all that kind of stuff. Well, the screen uh, has got, I notice, in the settings, and we were comparing earlier, that the in on the image enhancement side that's got X reality for mobile. So the same tech that's in there, the Bravia TVs, is also on board the X performance. Mm. I noticed that wasn't present on in, the XA. The XA yeah. So there are obviously paying extra for the X performance comes with its benefits. Yeah. Look, I mean it's a tough market. They're not gonna um they're gonna, not gonna dominate with this phone, but I just want them to persist with this strategy of a single kind of range with different price points, starting low for a year or two right to see how they go i think that's the critical thing for well, it's a good move this year i can remember last year remember they had the, the z5 and they had one model out then they had another and then later on they had the 4k screen model the, yeah. the z5 premium so they staggered them last year i, I don't know how well but they, they also had a whole bunch of other xperia phones i think this yeah. the plan here is to get rid of all those other yeah. cheapo phones and just say we've got these three phones mm-hmm. basically which is smart does this mean they won't be taking us to EFA this year to berlin because we were there. They launched the Z5s in EFA last year. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You've already got a list, who, have you? Who knows what they're launching? I don't know. Um, but they, they must be launching something because they're, they're thinking about stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But, but well, this is the thing about EFA, right? Yeah. We, we've now got Huawei and Sony. They've come out in this mid-year part. Yeah. What the heck is anyone going to announce at EFA? Yeah. Do you I know think, what I mean? I think, um, I think Samsung will announce like the Note whatever they're up to, Note 6 or some other large screen device. Um, So it'll be interesting because Mm. last year, I mean, to me, IFA is the show we attended in Berlin last year. Mm. To me, that seemed there was more attention on it last year. I think companies are are waking up thinking, oh, hang on, we can do do CES all over again later in the year, ahead of Christmas. So uh, interesting. See what I'll be keen to see what Sony has in store yeah. for IFA. Well, we will um, we'll have full reviews of these devices um, in the next couple of weeks, which will include, I'm sure, some photos of uh, Ford Mustangs. And we thank the good people at Ford for uh, supplying yeah. us with two Mustangs um, so that we could cruise up here in our own time um, over the last day and we'll cruise yeah. back down tomorrow. We did. There were a few heads turning, uh, with, especially with our pony number plates. Oh, I thought that was just <laughs> because it was me and you. Oh, no, apart from that, of course. But uh, <laughs> I got the looks, especially in the convertible. You know, people were thinking, woo, okay, mm. very mm. nice. Both, both. I'm, gl- I'm glad we just drove north and not through the east <laughs> of Sydney. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> what colour red is that? Is it just normally red or what, what colour well, is I that? I think it, must, it could possibly be described as Ferrari red because Ferrari. there was a kid at Muzzle Book walked past with his mum and goes, it's a Ferrari! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, you did get a lot of encouragement because you are driving the V8. Yes. So you did get some encouragement for some locals, yeah. some Singleton locals. And, and let's be clear, I don't I know why they weren't in school, by the way. Yeah. But I anyway. don't need encouragement, <laughs> as was evident by my departure from my home. Yeah. Give, it, give it some. Um, so <laughs> we, if, if you want to see those photos, we've got a few on Twitter and Instagram over the last 24 hours, but we'll have some other stuff on our websites. Uh, techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au. Uh, well, yeah, The how many, how many times have you been in an airport or in a cafe or in a hotel 
Hall or at the Walker Road pub. Well, you don't trust my mum's Wi-Fi. <laughs> is that <laughs> what you're that, about to tell not me? Not that I'm saying that, but <laughs> there are lots of... That. This is a secured Wi-Fi network here. Nothing but sort of the best at Walker Road. That's right. But a lot of other though, of those networks that I mentioned are unsecured. Just FYI, for anyone that comes to the Walker Road Hotel, you can't get the Wi-Fi. Mum won't give it to you. Yep. It's only for me it's only and her. For family yes. and friends. Yeah. Um, but the one, one thing that people may not be aware of is that accessing those unsecured networks uh, do come with some dangers mm. and... And, and it has been shown that hackers, if they're on the same network and happen to be snooping for data, mm. can see things like your passwords and your credit card details mm. and banking information, which, which is a real worry, whether you're using your mobile device or your laptop, mm. they can see this information. And, and the example to give here is McDonald's. Let's give McDonald's. So you, you, you and I are at McDonald's Starbucks, or, or, as an example. It does, once you connect to a network and you're on, on the same network as someone else, then they have access to the network traffic, as do you. And if they're smart enough, they can start sniffing and reading that traffic. That's what matters. So, in fact, even your home network... So this is essentially a home network here at the pub. You and I are on the same network. If I had that software installed, I could snoop on your device because even though it's secure to get into... snooping for the last half Oh, totally. What the hell are you looking at? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, So when you're on those, you're sitting there... If you're at the Qantas lounge doing your banking, yeah, yeah, it it required a password to get on it. But if someone else is on that network, you don't know what they're they're snooping. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so what what Norton has done is actually released a Wi-Fi privacy app. So this is initially obviously for iOS and Android devices. They found that... Something like I think 80% of people use their mobile devices, their smartphone or tablet, in those networks. So what they've done, they've created an app which is basically a VPN, a virtual private network Mm. that can kind of give you your own little private tunnel into that network, do what you've got to do, no one can see it, your location is hidden, and so if a hacker tries to snoop what you got, they get nothing. Yeah, and that's, so that, it's as simple as that, right? It is actually just a VPN. Yeah. You're essentially installing a VPN app. Um, now, it's a, it's a free trial, but there's a subscription because VPNs aren't cheap to do. But you're putting your trust in, in Norton here, which is a pretty good company to trust yeah. because what they do is network good. trust. Yep. Um, in fact, I would trust a Norton VPN well over and above uh, you know, some random VPN on the internet because you don't know who's running that thing, Absolutely right? Absolutely right, yeah. So the, the app. And I think... And, and while we're talking about it as a VPN, you don't even have to know that. If you're just a user, you just install the app and it secures your wireless connection. That's all you need to know. It's like you, you jump in your car, turn the key and it works. You don't need to know how the engine works. Mm. In this case, yes, it is a VPN, but it automatically turns on, automatically cloaks your your data in that network and you can you can then go do whatever you have to do, your banking and all your sensitive information uh, is protected. So um, it is available for iOS and Android now. Uh, it is coming to PCs, to browsers later. You can do on, on Android a seven-day trial, on iTunes a 30-day trial, and Android, I think, through the Play Store is $29.99 US dollars for 12-month subscription, and the App Store, for it's $46.99, that's Aussie dollars, for a 12-month subscription as well. So, um, and if you, I, I'd recommend doing the trials first to see how, how, how it fits. But some, some really, are... it's not. So do the trial, but it's not actually about you know does it protect you because you're never going to know. Yeah. The, do the trial to see how much of an inconvenience it is for you because really you need to you need to learn that it's not a you have to, have to add this step to the process because once you've connected to the network, then you've got to enable this Wi-Fi and open it up. Yeah, it doesn't add too much uh, too much delay. Like latency is actually pretty good. So. Um, they did this after a mobile Wi-Fi, some mobile Wi-Fi research, mm. and 
more like sixty three percent of people thought that their information is safe using public Wi Fi. So there's a lot of mm. misconceptions out there about it. So people don't know. Uh, and some frightening like people thinking that like twenty four percent even access their home connected devices from public Wi-Fi. Like you have, they're looking at their home cameras and their yep, yep. their home security system from a public Wi-Fi, which could potentially be exposed as well mm. in an in an unsecured network. Really interesting um, stats there, and I think a good reason to give customers this opportunity to protect themselves. Yeah, oh, look, I don't want to scare monger, but it's just one of those nice little things to ensure that you have some level of additional protection on your connectivity, especially if, even if it's just when you're banking. To be honest, I mean just Think of it at that level and then work your way down the tree from there for the other things you do on your network. Absolutely. Um, Stephen's written all of those um, stats and tips and the details about the Norton um, Wi-Fi product at techguide.com.au. Now, we both installed something at our homes that now makes us ever so much closer to each other, which is wonderful. I can now access... (laughs) People are wondering, what the hell have they done, these folks? (laughs) I can can now open up my phone and I can see what the temperature is at Stephen's house. Um, Inside and outside. outside. (laughs) Crucially, too, I can also see the noise levels inside, so can you keep it down? So you know if I'm having an argument at home, (laughs) the decibel level will be up here. Hang on. What we're talking about here is the Netatmo weather station. It's actually very cool. Now, if you've been to things like Australian Geographic stores, you might know um, those little weather stations you can buy. They they kind of use like a just a an RF frequency to transmit the, the from the thermometer out the back to to like a little LCD screen in the kitchen. This takes that to six thousand times that level by giving you that same concept, but on your smartphone, your tablet, and the internet because the inside device connects to your Wi-Fi network and then uploads all the information to the cloud. You throw the outdoor device outside, and you're getting outdoor temperature. You're getting indoor temperature. Uh, humidity, you're getting uh, CO2 levels, you're getting sound levels. Um, it's actually really interesting because what I found was interesting, you know, we've uh, it's been cold the last few weeks. We've got our, our ducted aircon on and we set it to about 19, 20 degrees. And you notice that at 3 o'clock, the temperature inside's pretty much got to, you know, 18, 19, and then suddenly it goes down to 16 because little bludgers open the front door and don't, don't shut it. <laughs> and and it, it's a really interesting impact yeah. on, on the cost because that means the Absolutely. thing's firing up and it's, it's doing all that. Plus, I've now got you know weeks' worth of weather data so I can see you know the trends in the weather, I can see the trends in the indoor and outdoor temperature, the CO2 levels, and then you add in for 150 bucks. the starter kit's 300 you add in for 150 bucks a rain gauge and a wind gauge, and I am I am at peak weather nerd. Same with me. Yeah, I uh, I installed these over the weekend myself, and I actually just logged into my my weather station from here. Okay. And it's a lot warmer at home than it is here, Trevor. I've got to tell you. <laughs> um, and I too was just fascinated with this. Uh, what I liked, I, I set it all up. Very easy to set up, by the way. Um, paired everything together, named everything, positioned everything, and then fired up the app, and then oh, hang on. It's working already. Like there was a yeah. three kilometer an hour from the from south west southwest wind gust, and the next day it was raining pretty heavily. And I could see between eight and nine p.m. I had three point five millimeters of rain, and then it, it stopped raining. So all this information, while it's handy to know, so these little microclimate around your house. Mm. What I like about it is the fact that, A, yes, we can share our weather. So you can look in and see my stuff and I can see your yep. weather information. But I like the fact that you go to the weather map 
and you can see everyone else's information who's just mm. volunteered to. You can see the temperature of street by street, suburb yep. by suburb, country by country. You're basically crowdsourcing <coughs> the Bureau. Yeah. Um, you know, you think the Bureau's got like six or ten weather stations mm. in Sydney. There are, when you zoom out of, uh, there's, an, there's a weather app and website called Wonderground, and it uses Netatmoas and other um, yeah, open, source, um, open source weather um, trackers. And you can see, and I've been doing this, mate, I've been on the radio on Sunday afternoons at 2UE when the weather's been bad, and I've been able to look at real-time rain information, yeah. temperature information, so much better than what the Bureau has yeah. because it's, it's more micro. So you can see the difference between two yeah. streets, let alone two suburbs. Yeah. Um, and it gives you a really good perspective. Plus, they're using it all to pull together to create much more accurate forecasting. And I've got to be honest, its forecasting has been very, very oh, good. Well, you, you look at all the, all the detailed information from street to street, suburb to suburb, it's remarkable. How I've described it in my review, I said it's... You know how we wear these fitness wearables? Hmm. So we, it counts our steps. And so at the end of the day, we've got data about ourselves. This is kind of like a wearable for your house mm. so that it, it tells you the weather, in and out. Yep. And then that data, though, people say, well, what, what's the point of all Yeah, and this? that's been the biggest question. You know, I've been talking about this on the radio. That's the been point? the biggest question this week is, yeah. uh, that's all great, Trev, but why? What do you do with it? Yeah, yeah well... What, what you can do with it is actually you can send, send yourself notifications, you can link it up with uh, if this, then that, so you can set triggers. So if it starts to rain, for example, you get a text message or if the, the temperature reaches a certain point in your home, whether it's low, it turns on the heater, up, turns turns off the heater. Little things like that where you just don't need to think about it. If the wind reaches a certain speed, send me a text mm. so I can bring my dogs and, in. You know, or, for people with, yeah. with kids who are, especially kids who are, um, have allergies and different things that, mm. that require, you know, clean air, you could set it so that, uh, you yeah. know, the kitchen light turns pink with a Phillips Hue yeah. when the CO2 levels are high and it's so just a, it's a very clear warning to go and open, yeah. open the windows yeah, open, yeah, you know. Stuffy. Little stuff like that is going to change the way homes interact. And I, I do get that this is a little weather nerdy right now and I think that, <laughs> but I think there's a massive market for it because even Absolutely. even the, the analogue wind gauges and things have been very popular over the years. This is, you think, and, and Australian Geographic is where you'll find these things, the over 55 retired men and women, mainly men probably though, who just love their little tinkering. Mm. My, my father-in-law has been through two sets of weather gauges. He's given the second one that he used to have to Jackson. I mean, he will love this. He will think it's amazing. Mm. And so I think that it's going to go very well now. And then in a year or two, when the smart home stuff really starts yeah. to kick on, we're going to see some really, really cool things. It's just more information. It's information about your home and, and the, the surroundings of your home. Mm. Uh, particularly, I quite like the in, inside temperature and you, you notice the difference and then you can go on the app and graph it. Like, oh, I had a look at the temperature, really was low at mm. 8 o'clock in the morning, then it got up to 18 degrees. You can see the, the graph of the day. Is it safe to say that we now have a third bloke talking tech? Because that's a grandfather in the background. Grandfather. I mean, it's technically, yeah, maybe, maybe. technically third yeah. bloke talking tech. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> but you, you should uh, install a weather station out here. I know. You'd get yeah. some interesting data. Well, I'll talk to the people at Natatmo <laughs> and uh, see what we can organise. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> anyway, it's a, it's a very cool little product. I think it'll be cracking great product for Father's Day um, and, uh, and probably uh, moving forward to Christmas too. But um, um, uh, techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au, the place to go for our full reviews. I'm just going to switch your and we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au, uh, proud sponsors of Two Blokes Talking Tech, and uh, you can find all their home and small business networking products, including uh, things like Wi-Fi range extenders, which we have here at the Walk Road Hotel. I'm looking at So, you know, this is a, a heavily bricked 
um, uh, building and the, the the big pond, you know, ADSL is just downstairs below us. But really? even that, yeah, it's, it's below us. And, and it, you just couldn't get Wi-Fi in the bar up here. Yeah. And, you know, the bar's where mum sits and with a tablet. And so yeah. what I did was install a, a Netgear Wi-Fi range extender. It's got the arrows on it that allows you to plug it in and go, you know what, move it closer. Locate it, yeah. um, and so I was able to find the optimum spot. If I put it in the bar, it's not that it, it has Wi-Fi, but it's not producing the best Wi-Fi up there. So this is yeah. reproducing an excellent Wi-Fi network yeah. to a larger part of the bar. And it's a very simple product, the Netgear Wi-Fi range extenders. Aren't you a good son looking oh. after your mum like that, oh, eh? Good on you, buddy. Really, let's be honest. I was looking after myself because I wanted to have Wi-Fi <laughs> sitting in there watching TV. Um, but if you've got trouble uh, Wi-Fi hotspots in your home or small business, range extenders are the other solution. Absolutely. And you can find a range of those at netgear.com.au. Now, um, uh, what are they called? Um, Samsung. <laughs> I mean, who are they called? I'll start there. Samsung this week announced the pricing for their Gear 360 camera. This is the camera they announced at Mobile World Congress, February, yes. for crying out loud. Yep. Um, uh, their 360-degree camera, dual lens, little sphere with a tripod um, yep. point on the bottom and a mini tripod that comes with it, um, and it works with the Samsung Galaxy S7. This is going to be $499. It's available now. Um, it's it's a good price, uh, especially when you compare it to, say, the 360 Fly, which is already on the market. Yep. But my, my concern with it, and I need to give it a full test, is um, that it only works with the Samsung Galaxy uh, phones. Well, yeah, it works with Samsung. My understanding is it works with Samsung phones if you want to do uh, real-time syncing, real-time viewing. Mm. Uh, that, that's my understanding. I, I, too, haven't tested it either, but the content can be viewed on any smartphone. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's the thing is that when you look at the specifications, it says compatible with. And I'm like, yeah. you really want to be able to have an iPhone and just uh, film something on the camera and then download it to the phone or, or, or share it even on a computer. Mm. Um, I don't know that it's a very smart product if it only works with this Galaxy phone. So we'll test that. Yes. But at $499, if it is pigeonholed into a small um, uh, yeah. market like that, it's, it's a good price. At $499, if it's open to the whole market, it's an excellent price. Mm. Now... The reason they're in this market is because they're huge on VR. You know, they've got the, the Gear VR headsets, which you put a, a Samsung smartphone into. Um, the, the question about that is, what content have we got? You know, you've got game, people making games, but you want to film content. You want to film things and share it with your friends in VR. Facebook 360 content is becoming more popular, so they're trying to get in on that race, and it's a very smart race Absolutely. to be in on. Yeah. Um, I, I really have concerns, though, about the dual-lens cameras and how well they're going to stitch mm. together the pictures because imagine we put one on the roof of the Mustang driving into the sunset. Yeah. One lens is going to have this highly, um, yeah. you know, bright exposed picture, and the back is going to be different. And I yeah. wonder how it's going to stitch that together. So I think those are the uh, those are the t- interesting tests to have. Yeah. But regardless, it will create a pretty awesome picture does, yeah. in a full 360 in all directions. The video resolution is 3840 mm. by 1920. That's from each camera, and I oh know that's combined, combined resolution, and it also can create. 30 megapixel stills because it's in a kind of point of view, it stitches yeah. two 15s together. But you can also have a shoot from one, one lens, yep. so 180 degree wide angle view as well. It does have a removable battery and a memory card, which are the, the 360 Fly and the 360 mm. Fly 4K has built in memory, yep. so no, no accessing uh, your memory card because it's got built in memory and you can't access the battery either. Mm. So uh, interesting to see how they go with each other there, go compete against each other. Yeah, and I think the thing here is, like, I tested the LG, um, you know, 360 cam, 
and again, they did a good job of the concept and the and the build and everything, but usability wasn't great. So this is the challenge. It has to be usable because that's the market leader right now is 365 for, for <coughs> a, a heap of reasons, including their, their, their speed to market. Yeah. But the usability is, is very, very well, good. Because I think you're right. The, the, the 360 Fly, the ability to share your content is really easy. Oh, yeah. I think you had dramas with the LG trying to share the thing. I've it was not hard. Been able to share the video. So the dual lens camera too, in terms of quality, you mentioned sort of having brightness on one lens and, the, mm. and, and then not as much on the other. That can you probably can see like a line in the in the when right, it's stitched together. Yeah. But um, it's I'm really keen to get this in my hands and try it out because uh, I, I think. I think Samsung are on a bit of a roll at the moment. I reckon with their, you know, the, the Gear S7, the S7 Edge have been good products. Uh, they then followed it up with the the, the Tab Pro S computers. No, they're very good. And now we've got the Gear. They've already got the Gear VR, which was out late last year, early this year. Oh, that's several versions already. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So they're at the version three, I think. Now they've got this, and it really builds on that Gear slash Galaxy ecosystem. So if you yeah. if you invest in a Samsung smartphone. You know, you've got all this stuff that goes with it as well. Mm. So it's a whole family of products you could be potentially playing with. And you think about it, they're, they're doing what Apple's done. You know, the, yeah. Apple knows that people buying Apple Watches are Apple users, obviously, and they're Absolutely. just trying to have an upsell for them. Yeah. And that's what Samsung's doing. They've got a different market. They do have the, the watches as well. But, you know, their VR play is very strong. I've had a lot of people say to me, What's Apple going to do? My answer to that is Apple doesn't need to do anything. Apple yeah. just needs to wait for people like 365 and Samsung, who cares, to create great 360 content. And, and people and will view them on, them on an iPhone. Yeah. Because you, you, you can put an iPhone in a Google Cardboard, it works. But there's talk that Samsung are going to release a gear app for iPhone as well, for iOS. Yeah. They've been talking about that for months, by the way. I think yeah. Apple may be taking their time in the approval process, maybe, oh, in the right. App Store. Yeah. <laughs> you think so? Well, I, I noticed that yeah. with the gear, the gear Fit 2, the, yeah. the, the thing you're wearing at the moment. I'm yeah. like, well, like, I this wore the, it for a day. This is the Garmin one. Oh, okay. Like, right. moved um, on to the Garmin. The, you know, no iOS app. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to yeah. switch smartphones just for your well, fitness I, I tracker. Car- I carried an Android phone around with me. I go, well, I carried my Galaxy S7 Edge around with me yeah. to do that. Which I do anyway. You what? I smashed one. Whoopsie-daisy. Never broken a phone. It's the first phone I've broken. I don't okay, know how I did it. Well, my S7 Edge, I had to actually get the screen replaced because the screen went completely green. Mine went green too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just going to get it replaced. Just it's actually just smashed down the bottom. But anyway, <laughs> um, the Gear 360 uh, price at $499. You'll find details at techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au. Now, I thought we'd uh, just have a quick chat about LG's new signature TV. These are the flagship TVs. Mm. Do you remember the 4K OLEDs we saw at CES? Way yep. all the way back in January. Oh. And their, their headliner, if you like, their flagship device was the G6T, which was a screen that was so thin. I think the actual OLED panel itself is 2.57 millimetres mm. thick. So thin that it, it has a glass back panel just to give it some structural integrity like otherwise it's just a you're watching a tissue paper blowing in the wind (laughs) so but but it is remarkable seeing it in like honestly you can't appreciate this product until you see it it has landed in australia design wise it is spectacular it is i mean the the base the base looks spectacular the they've thought about how to how to incorporate sound into wall mounting and and desk mounting it's it's very very smart product which is High end, beyond buggery, but it's a very, yeah. very beautiful product. Yeah. We should point out it's 4K, it's OLED, which organic light emitting diode, no need for a backlight, produces blacks that you won't believe till you see it with your own eyes. Uh, also has Dolby Vision, which is their version of HDR. So their HDR on steroids is what they're how mm-hmm. they're describing it. Uh, and the G6T is priced at ten thousand 
nine hundred and ninety nine dollars. Which is you know only two grand more than what they where they had their that's sixty five inch. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, sixty five inch. That's right. That, that, that's that's only two grand more than yeah. where their their previous you know top OLED was. So for that flagship you know absolute wow factor, two grand is not a bad price to add on to the top. Um, oh, you know it's it's very niche. It's not going to sell in big numbers. But here's someone someone come, I forget who it was. Somebody in my family I think that I was t- telling them how how thin the TV is and how cool it is, and they said. What do you need a thin TV for? You don't carry it in your pocket. Yeah, mate. But when people walk into your <laughs> lounge room... It looks very magnificent. I'm sorry, yeah. but it makes a big difference Absolutely. when people walk in your lounge yeah, room, especially if you've got one of those lounge rooms, people walk in your sideways. Mm. You know, you actually go, see the side. Someone stole your TV. Yeah. No, it's there. No, they just left a bit of cardboard there in its place. <laughs> Um, yeah, remarkable yeah. television. And Very they've got, nice. They've also got the E6T, which is similar design, not quite as sexy as the G6T, similar design, and that's also 65 inches, but is cheaper at 9499 and they've also got a 55-inch E6T at 6499 so That's a lot of TVs, and I'm sure you'll find them at Harvey Norman and places like that. Absolutely. Um, LG's uh, super-thin OLEDs available now, and you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Now, speaking of TVs, I often, you know, say to people, you get the question on the radio, what should I buy and everything, and, you know, price dictates the, the quality. And, and I've, I've always believed that, and I firmly believe that's, that's primarily the case. But do you remember Kogan uh, didn't really announce, but they, they listed a uh, 4K TV on Dick Smith's website. So when they took over Dick Smith, they had a 4K TV for two ninety nine. It's gone up, you know. 4K they have TV. A 4K, 41.5 inch TV yeah. uh, at 4K resolution at, at 299. It's gone up to 319 and it's since sold out. But I, <clears throat> I think I said to them, I said, listen, that's going to be some crap, isn't it? I mean, basically, that's what I said. Because how good could a 4K TV at $300 be? Yeah. So they said, well, when one lands. And at that or- size. Well, yeah, that's right. 41.9 inches. 41.5. Yep. So they said, when one comes, I will send it to you and you can have a look. So, okay. mate. I, got, I took it out of the box and I put it on my desk just sitting next to my computer because yep. I've got just enough room there and I plugged in the Samsung 4K, 4K Blu-ray player. player. And first, first and foremost, I had the problem you had in the in-home theatre that, you know, HDMI HD put... No, and, oh, hello here. I've, I've caught Ruslan Kogan out here. He's, he's marketing his 4K and it's not really. Yeah. But then I went, no, USB port, uh, HDMI port 1 is 2.2 compatible. Uh, and it worked. So I plugged it in, Jeez, put good. the Martian on. Yeah. It was stunning. Wow. Mate, I'm sitting... Like 50 centimetres from the TV yeah. going, wow. Like, okay. beautiful. The, the menus were crisp. The movie was, yeah. was beautiful to watch. Now, I've got no doubt that when Stephen Fennick looks at it and puts it next to a, a you know, $10,000 LG, yeah. that there's things that it could do better. Yeah, Refresh rate, you know, yeah. things like that. And maybe even the colour. But, and, you know, and actually I noticed one of the things, and I've, we've mentioned this before with the, um, with the 4K Blu-ray player review, I think you've got to really got to play with the bright settings mm-hmm. of any TV if it's not HDR, because yeah. I think 4K Blu-ray players and 4K Blu-rays are yeah. built to be HDR, so you really need to pump up your so brightness this, and contrast with things. No, it does no, not have HDR. Um, so I pumped up that a bit, and mate, I, I sat and watched The Martian for, I don't know, half an hour, I just, I'm, just, yeah, wow. I'm captivated by it. And then I went... You know what, side by side. I've got a Sony Blu-ray player. Yeah. I plugged it into the HDMI port and I put the Martian in. It was horrible. Really? Horrible. So, so you could tell the difference of 4K. Even though my, I actually my, think, my I question actually think was it's the, HD is appalling and it's 4K is brilliant. Well, my, my question was, like at 41 point whatever it is, or 41.5, yeah. could you tell the difference between oh my Blu-ray God. and Mate, 4K? I, That's I, the issue. Like You'll notice you don't, there aren't many 4K TVs that small. At 65 inches in the lounge room, I 
I struggled, to be honest, to notice the difference between Blu-ray and, uh, and and 4K plus the LG I've got in the lounge room does upscaling and things like yeah. that, right? This is, this yeah. thing can't upscale. It's just you know resolution uh-huh. for That's resolution. That's why you notice such a difference with and HD. I right? actually think I actually think that it can't downscale. I actually think it's not a good performing TV in resolution under 4K. Well, it can't, it can't like, up, no, it can't upscale. If you're watching Blu-ray. It's full HD, well, yeah, the, so it exactly. can't upscale to 4K. And, and so, uh, yeah. like, even um, I've, um, let's just call it a fetch TV box sitting yeah. there, and the menus don't look that great uh-huh. because I think it's struggling to work out how to make the pixels fit. Is that right? Yeah. It's too, too But good. 4K wise, yeah. I was blown away, yeah. mate. But how did, how did you plug it into free to wear and all that, or no? No. Because I think free to wear, on, on 4K TVs, free to wear really exposes them because. The oh, signal's barely terrible. HD, yes. and it's, you're thinking, oh, God, it's... Uh, but, mate, really if I'm someone it. who's yeah. building a man cave and you've got a room for a TV, mate, I, I'm bucks. telling you right now, 300 it? bucks, and, you know, yeah. well, a Kogan one now, the cheapest you can get now is about 420 right? Yeah. 420 bucks for a 4K TV. If you if you then invest more money in a 4K Blu-ray player, yeah. the Blu-ray players cost, cost more. more the TV. I'm telling you, you'll be very happy. Has Kogan uh, Kogan has got a 4K no. player yet? No. Yet. I imagine he will, though. Yeah. But what's, so, so that's a 41 point. Five inch. Mm. What's the next size up, and how much does that cost? Four K. Be fifty five inch. Be on the website. Fifty five. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Look. Uh, bottom line, I, I was I was impressed, and yeah. I'm not suggesting for a minute that it competes with a thousand dollar TV. I'm no. just suggesting that if three hundred dollars is what you had to spend, and you bought that, I don't think you'd be, you'd be happy. Disappointed you'd with be it. Happy. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you yeah, people need to understand that. I think we, we talk about like you know, a minute ago we were talking about a, a twelve eleven thousand dollar television. Mm. It's eleven thousand dollars for a reason. Oh yeah. But those these other value propositions are just that. That yeah. for the, you get a lot of bang for your buck. Quality surprising. Look how surprised we are with the quality. Mm. So that, that's a big, that's a big tick. Don't for a second think you can buy a five hundred dollar TV and compete yeah. with your mate that's got a five thousand dollar one. It's going to be nothing like it. as good. But if your budget doesn't allow for yeah. that, I don't think you'd be disappointed. Yeah, I think people. I think you know if uh, uh, well that's what I like about Kogan and now Dick Smith. They know to stay in their lane. You know what I mean? Like they know. Yeah. Okay, we're not we're not going to beat Samsung and, and Sony and all these t- no. companies, but we stay in our lane. We do what we do really well, and that's case yeah. in point. Anyway, so I, oh, look, it's, it's hard to review a TV, take photos. I did take some photos to try and demonstrate somehow the difference, but it's all up at eftm.com.au. Now I don't know about you, uh, but I'm, I'm a real Netflix addict and stand. My wife, my wife, we got rid of Foxtel. Yeah. She was filthy. <laughs> um, I gave her an iPad. So it, was, with, it wasn't a committee d- decision. It was just you, you didn't ask her. You told her. Is that someone right? quit his job and went. Bad luck, but we've got to, <laughs> we've got to cut costs. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I, I gave her an iPad with everything on it, and then then I showed her that the TV, the LG we've got, has Stan and Netflix yeah. built into it. She has binged the entire Lost. She's since really? she's she now lost. She a Lost fan. Oh yeah, she watched oh. it originally. She's binged it again. I'm a Lost. She's fan now too. into season five of Mad Men, which we'd never considered yeah, that's a good watching. Show too. Mate, every night oh, I, your I, wife I is, walk in. Unlike yourself, your wife has actually got taste. <laughs> What's up with that? Well, that was that was obvious from the moment she uh, <laughs> she accepted me into her life. Give yourself a wrap. She's <laughs> since, has she since had laser surgery since then, or what? Or got glasses or something? Yeah, is that right? But anyway. anyway. Yeah, it's the uh, six subscription video on-demand services, your Netflixes and Stan and Presto. Uh, some stats came out. Telsite the other day released some research, and it's exploded in Australia. 46% growth just in 2016. Yeah. Now that's, that's, that's remarkable, considering that we had nothing a year and a half ago, yeah. and now look where we've come. Uh, it, it is, it's got to a point now where they're predicting that by 2019, at the moment there are 2.7 million SVOD subscribers, right? Across the board. 
but by 2019, that's going to exceed 4 million, which is actually more than pay TV. Mm. Pay TV sits at about 3.3 million at the moment. So in three years' time, that number is there's going to be more people with subscription video on demand services than have pay TV. Mm. Now, if you're a sports fan, of course you're going to have Foxtel because right. you want your live league. There are reasons to have Formula a Foxtel one. package, Formula One, uh, EPL, afraid not. You're going to have to go to Optus yeah, uh, to do that. But uh, I, I think that one thing too you have to remember is that these are becoming so popular, they're creating their own content. That's right. Like Netflix has got Orange is New Black, House of Cards, all Stan's these original. has got no activity and a bunch of other things. Yeah, Presto, stuff. I think, has got Aquarius and all these other cool, cool shows as well. So uh, is Stan got, that's got Wolf Creek too, eh, Stan? Yep. So there's all, uh, Billions, what a great show that was. Did oh, you watch mate. that, Billions? Oh, every, every series. week. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that, I, I watched the entire, I just binge season. I watched it week by bloody week. Yeah, I, it was, it was yeah, new. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it was already all out when I came out and I smashed it in like four days. I just watched mm. the whole thing. Yeah, right. But I uh, didn't do much work that weekend. But, uh, <laughs> and, uh, but that's just an example, though, of at our fingertips, we've got all this content, and it's, it's so popular that they're making content to attract new customers. They're, 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 they're competing with free-to-air TV, all these other yeah. all these other mediums now, including pay TV, with lots of eyeballs. Yeah, and I don't think, and, and at this point, we haven't seen a massive um, impact on Fox. So I think we will start to see an impact in some way, shape, or form. But right now, I think we're just seeing growth because people are sampling. There is a long conversation to be had about whether the active users, um, paying users, a whole bunch of different things going on. 2.7 million are active users. uh, Paying subscribers, yeah. But also, you're dealing with an analyst's report. There is no actual data. There's no ratings. There's no genuine numbers coming from these. But these are very... Telsite don't Stick around. They they know what they're doing. I I trust them as much yeah, as or probably ten times more than I trust Roy Morgan. They did say though that Netflix is obviously the leading service, mm. but Stan and Presto actually experienced faster, faster growth, growth this year. Yeah, because I think Netflix had had hit their peak um, well, early on. That's the thing. You're a smart man, smarter than you look, mate. Yeah. One in five Netflix customers. <laughs> one in five Netflix customers have more than one streaming service yeah so some even have two two extra yeah and as i've said a million times before it's because you don't just watch channel nine you watch channel nine plus you watch channel 10 now and then when steven's on i mean come on um you've got it sometimes you've got to have 10 free plug yeah you've got to have the the odd extra channel you know you can't just deal with one they don't have everything you want so it is huge growth and you can read all about the svod growth at techguide.com.au all right, we'll wrap it up here in front of the fireplace. We have to get, talk to the boss and get some stoking yeah, the, going on here. Fire. She's she's diminishing pretty quickly. No, um, she's okay. No, she's okay. We're um, talking about the fire, are we? Oh, yes. The fire. Yeah. Um, Oppo R9 is your yeah, first no, minute I'm, review. I'm, I am a bit late to the party with this, so I have been using this for quite a while. And I have to say, look, we talked about mid, mid-range phones, a lot of choices from Chinese manufacturers, including Oppo. And what I can say about this phone, it's the most iPhone, Android phone I've ever used. Ever. It looks like an iPhone. The Color OS operating system looks like iOS. So it's kind of the... Are you old enough to remember what Clay, the Clayton's... You know that, remember that Clayton's commercial? Oh, my God. <laughs> We've jumped it's, the shark here. You, you are old. Jumped the shark. Well, the, the saying used to be it's a Clayton's 
such and such because it's not quite a real thing. Oh, I'm across what the, the term yeah. claims, but yeah. not a commercial. But anyway. there you go. But that's where it came from. But anyway, this is uh, look. It's a it's a fair phone. Five ninety nine. Five. Have you got your seniors card yet? No, I haven't, Trevor. I'm not that much older than you, you know. I'm not much. Five ninety nine. Five and a half inch screen. Almost edge to edge. One point six mil bezels yeah. on this thing. We were in Melbourne for the launch of this. Six point six millimeters thick. So it's a, it, the hardware looks terrific. Looks just like an iPhone. Mm. Uh, and Android works really well. Performance wise, terrific. Really fast. I didn't find ColorOS ColorOS bloatish either. I found, no, it, found it, it to good. be quite good. Absolutely right. And uh, the thing with this is too that the front camera actually has a higher resolution than the back camera. Yeah, so if you're a selfie lover, you will really adore this phone. 16 megapixel front, 13 megapixel on the back. I did even share a selfie with beauty mode and without beauty mode. Did you see this photo? Oh my god! With beauty mode, without beauty mode. Okay. <laughs> there is it. Can you see the difference? Massive yeah, difference. Yeah, you haven't had yeah. a shave in the in one of them. <laughs> yeah, it sort of dusted, gave me a little dusting of makeup and everything. Yeah. But uh, and uh, four gig of RAM, God, sixty-four just gig. Breaking news. My mum's eating a choc top. How good's that? There's choc tops at the Walker Road Hotel. Have their spares. And uh, anyway, R9, 599, battery, really cool. Got the fast charging, so you can get up to yep. 70% charge in half an hour. Hmm. Five-minute charge will give you enough juice to make a two-hour phone call. So uh, I, I quite like this device. If you uh, want a nice mid-range phone with plenty of features, great selfie camera, 599, available from JB Hi-Fi. Yeah, I think the price was the challenge now because at 599, it now sits above this yes. Sony, but, but below the Huawei. Hello, discount. Yeah. No, I don't, you probably won't pay that much anymore either at JB Hi-Fi. You never know. All right, uh, my review is up months ago at eft.com.au <laughs> and Stephen's is just up at techguide.com.au. And um, wrap it up with something great for the kids, great for education, and just an awesome little Sphero because um, they yeah. do good stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, we've all heard of Sphero, their little rolling robot, and, of course, they made BB-8, the Star Wars version, yes. toy version of BB-8. So you had to get a Star Wars bloody reference. Which I love. But what they've created now is, is a toy called Spark, which actually stands for School Parents Robots Kids. Did you know that? And this is a Sphero. It's see-through, and it's a Sphero-designed for kids who want to learn coding, programming, so this comes with the Lightning Lab app so they can learn how to set courses and, and, and change the lights and change all the functionality. So really get under the hood mm. and learn the basics of programming. Uh, so it, it is it is a, a, a great tool for that. Obviously a lot of fun as well. Yeah. So the Lightning lab, lab allows uh, allows the kid to say, right, Sphero is sitting here. I want you to um, flash red Go one metre forward, yeah. turn Set right, speed, flash blue. And so you're learning that you're giving commands to create an execution of those commands yeah. and then you see it in real life. It's a very visual and, and hands-on way of learning coding. And, and when you think about it too, the, uh, the Bureau of Labour Statistics, they predict that by 2020 there's going to be one million more computer science jobs than students in four years' time. So if you want to give your kid a head start, maybe... Look, it's, it's like the old saying, you don't know if your kid's a tennis star until they get a tennis racket in their hand. Mm. In this instance, give them the spark. It could just open this whole world that they find they're really yeah. good at, they really enjoy, and there's a future because with the career. coding doesn't mean you have to become... Um, you know, Mark Zuckerberg. It doesn't mean you have to become anything. You don't even have to be, write your own apps. Just knowing code mm -hmm. 
will be, it's like the trade of the future. Mm. We'll have sparkies, well, we'll have builders, we'll have plumbers, we'll have coders. Absolutely right. Well, they're talking of, you know, the big push is for, is for uh, coding to be and programming to be part of the school curriculum. Yeah. In the, and, and it probably will be within the next couple of years. Mm. So giving the spark, I think, terrific work for Sphero to give this another version of their product, their very popular product, mm. but a way for you to tinker under the hood and really have some fun with it and learn at the same time. Uh, $199 as well. It is. Details at techguide.com.au. Well, that's a wrap. Uh, Two Bikes Talking Tech episode 261. Thanks to the good people at Netgear and uh, thanks to Sony uh, for uh, whatever it is they've done for us to get <laughs> us here and, uh, and to Ford for supplying the vehicles that we've driven up here. Um, I, I know we're f- available to test other products in exotic locations if Absolutely. you want to give us cars... Fly us places. Yeah, we're, available. We're, we're available. We can multitask. On location, two so bikes talking tech. cars and phones at the same time. Yeah, and meat. Uh, the steak was good. Terrific. Um, the choc top, Stephen's going to find out about so- shortly. I'm just going to go you probably ice cream thing? and chocolate topping then. Uh, really? Okay. Uh, Mum will so have some cottage dessert, topping here for me, yeah, for sure. Um, and for sadly, now having kind of come on a road trip and a <laughs> kind of an overnight stay with Stephen, I know far too much about him. What? I don't like the fact that I now know which side of the bed you sleep on because yeah. I went to turn in the make sure you had your electric blanket set up <laughs> and I turned on the wrong side and he said, I don't sleep on that side. I'm like, I don't need to know that. Okay. But thanks. Well, okay, well, for your information, I sleep on the left side of the bed, okay? Left, actually, actually if, you're standing, if, you're, if you're standing at the foot of my bed, I'm on the right-hand side. But when I'm laying in the bed, it's the left-hand side. And yourself, Trevor, are you willing to give up this or do you guys swap? Do you swap around or you have a regular side? I'm really nervous. The problem is I sleep on the other side. (laughs) And I'm not sure what people are going to think. But let's be very clear. We have separate rooms, separate separate cabins. cabins. Um, Yes. uh, It's all good. Um, Yes, we do. um, Anyway, I've got nothing else. Um, Thanks for your company here, episode 261. We'll be back again next week. Um, God knows where from, but bring it on. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You can find us on Twitter at Stephen Fennick with a PH at Trevor Long uh, and techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au. Stephen, see you next week. See you then. Thank you.